Welcome. Thank you for everyone for joining us. This week is Parshas Re'eh. So before we begin Parshas Re'eh, um, many years ago, when I was, uh, many, many years ago, when I was in eighth grade, I had a teacher, an English teacher. Now, I'm not exactly sure why he chose to do this, but he decided he was going to teach our class how to speed read. Now, for those who are not familiar with what speed reading is, it's just as its name sounds, speed reading. You read it very fast. Now, exactly how it works is I'm not 100% sure, but you take a page or page of the book and you focus on the middle to try to get as many familiar words as you can. And as you scan up and down the page, apparently you're supposed to get quickly the gist of what's going on. Now, me being an eighth grader at the time when he when our teacher showed us how to do this. Now, I'm pretty sure he just didn't want to have to really teach us real stuff because we were a handful back then. But um, I, when he taught us this, I, I thought I had it. You know, I'm a speed reader, <laughs> an excellent speed reader. So when I went home, I grabbed the book um, and I uh, read through one chapter, two chapters. Oh, I know exactly what's going on. I know the name of all the characters and I know what the plot is. And then as you got up to chapter three, chapter four, I'm like, hold on, what, what's going on? This doesn't make any sense. Because you realize as you speed read, you're getting the basic idea. Now, I'm not really sure I was doing it correctly. But as I sped through the book, <laughs> I wasn't getting anything. Now, nowadays, I just look at the back, at the, the, you know, the last two pages and, you know, ruin it for the whole book so I don't have to read it. But, you know, back then, I actually thought, you know, I had to go back and read through chapter one, chapter two or three and four. And it was a... You know, speed reading doesn't really work when you really want to know what's going on. Now, I think that's what happens sometimes. We look at the Parsha. We look at what we're reading. And we could often just just run through it. And see the words, understand what it's saying, but not really think about it. And speed read through it. So I think that's what happens in the beginning of this week's Parsha's Parsha Re'eh. Moshe is talking to Bnei Yisrael. He says, Re'eh anochi nosei lefanechem ayom brachal uklala. Re'eh, see, I present before you... Um, today, bracha, umklala, blessing and curses. So let's continue for a little bit more. What's the bracha? If you listen to the, the mitzvot of Hashem your God, which I command on his behalf to you today, and the curse, and the klala, the, the cursing is the opposite side. If you don't listen and you go after different gods and you don't do the mitzvot, mitzvot, um, yeah. Very straightforward, very simple, right? You know, a teacher gets up, if you behave, then X, Y, and Z. And if you don't behave, then, you know, bye-bye. Simple. But if you look into exactly the words that the Torah, Moshe chooses to use, in this case, you'll see something very interesting. So it's actually, I, I, was, I was just thinking before that uh, it, it's perfect this year, that Parshas Re'e falls out this Shabbos. Because what is this Shabbos? The Shabbos is, besides being Rosh Chodesh Elul, the Shabbos is also the first week, the last Shabbos before school starts. Most schools are starting this week, already started, but in America, at least in New York, New Jersey area, the schools are all starting September 3rd, depending on the school. And uh, you know, it's very interesting. I give you a bracha, a blessing and a curse. A bracha for the parents, if the kids finally get out of the house. 
for the teachers that have to deal with it. And I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love my students. Now, I, I would, but I think if you look at the word re, the word re, what does the word re mean? See. So, what is the word re here for? Get rid of the word re. To say, Ate, I'm going to tell you about the brachos and the klalos. It's like I was driving down by Flushing Meadows next to Shea Stadium in Queens. And um, I was stopped by a light, and I was about to go. The green, the green light went on. It, uh, it switched to the green light, and the guy jumps out in front of my car. Like, literally jumps out, waving his hands, like, trying to get my attention. Like, he wanted to fix my bumper that was a little bit off. And he was like, yeah, I'll give you a good price. And screaming at the top of his lungs in front of my car. Like, hey, look, 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 come here. Moshe's not doing that in this case. Moshe's not saying, hey, you know, B'nai Yisrael, pay attention. Jews, listen to me. Ray. No, so what does the word Re'eh mean in this case? The Malbim, um, there are many different Mepharshim, many different Chazals, different ideas. The Malbim says something super interesting. The Malbim explains that a, the bracha and the klala are not just a promise for the future. Obviously, it's a promise for the future. There'll be bracha and klala. There'll be bracha in your life if you do the right thing. The, the klala, unfortunately, if you don't. But bracha and klala will be part of your life. See, if you keep the Torah and the mitzvot, and you do, you follow, one who really reserves, observes Torah, you know, you have a sense of accomplishment. You feel like accomplished what you do. You feel close to something. You feel close to God. And that's a blessing. And everyone sees it. It's obvious. There's a famous, famous story. Again, I don't really know who... I heard the story. I think it's true. I'll repeat it anyways. Um, and the story goes as follows. There's a man talking to an atheist, a, a rabbi talking to an atheist. And the atheist said the following thing. The atheist said, hey, Rabbi, what are you following this guard? How do you know it's true? How do you know there's a God? So Rabbi said, listen, you know, okay. Let's talk about if I'm wrong, if you're wrong. So the rabbi said, if I'm wrong, what's, what's so bad? Okay, there's no heaven. Chas shalom, obviously there is. But okay. But I lived a good life. I have family. The Torah gives us mitzvot that revolve around our mishpachot. Our family give us mitzvot that, that enrich our lives. Gives me purpose. Gives me meaningful. Meaning. Okay. Am I happy? Well, if you do it right, you're happy. I'm a nice guy. I don't steal. I don't cheat. I, don't, I, I keep it away. I'm happy. I have a nice life. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But you? <laughs> if you're wrong, hey, hey. But, but that's true, though. The bracha, if you keep the mitzvot, then you have such bracha, you can see bracha, even though, obviously, we all have our challenges in our, 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 that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us. And some, some people might be in pain, some people might be sick, some people might be, you know, going through things. But at the end of the day, to keep the mitzvot and do the Torah, you see a bracha in their life, you see them. They're, they're a source of bracha, source of positivity. Um... To so other people see this. I heard an amazing story. One of my relatives, I'm not going to say any names, but one of my relatives saw, saw, told me this story. And he was around, so it's, it's, it's true. It's a bungalow colony upstate New York. They have a worker who's not religious. And this worker works in the bungalow colony. There's Hasidim in the bungalow colony. There's Litvish in the bungalow colony. There's Svarty. Everyone comes to this bungalow colony. 
And this, unfortunately, this worker who's non-Jewish, he has a daughter. No, that's not the unfortunate part. The unfortunate part is they went to the doctor and they found a tumor. And they went to another doctor and the doctor said, yeah, you're, <laughs> it's pretty bad. So he's, this, this, this worker was talking to one of the Hasidim in the Bangal colony and he told him what happened. So he said, can you please pray for me? Can you pray for me? Could you have your family pray for my daughter? Obviously, Chassid said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for you. We'll, we'll, we'll ask for a fool, we'll ask for a heal. So the story goes, as what I was told, Chassid goes and his children said something to him for this, this uh, man's daughter. This man was very helpful, to the, very helpful, very nice man. And he said to him, the next week, this worker took his daughter back to the doctor and Kachava, there, there was no tumor. Doctor was like, they did scans. Like, what, what happened? <laughs> Where is it? It's not there anymore. It's gone. The growth is gone. Unbelievable. The guy says, this worker said to the doctor, he said, and I believe it was the God of the Jews. They prayed for me. Their God made a miracle. It's Kiddush Hashem. Re'ei. The Kiddush Hashem that you can make with, with, with doing the right thing. Just, uh, the people will see you. People will, will, will just by following the mitzvot, you'll premiate a premiation of bracha. Oh, you know, my grandfather, all of a sudden, didn't have an easy life. And he, he had Parkinson's in his, in his later years, and he went through the Holocaust. His family was sent to Siberia. And uh, even though he never really talked about it, his uh, he 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 was his life was full of bracha, it was full of blessing, because of the way he acted, the way he, he the way he was. And um, I tell you, as a kid being brought around that, it's an amazing kiddush Hashem, amazing, unbelievable lesson, you know, to always premiate, always show that you you are um, happy with keeping the mitzvot and. Give it over. Um, there's an interesting idea. There's an interesting conversation. It's it's related to some extent to what we're talking about, and I think that people sometimes ask. You know the the famous question that everyone asks, and we're not going to answer the question tonight because do not have enough you know space on this uh, podcast to go through it, but um <laughs> or time or or I'm not the right person either. But the question is asked. Why do you see tzaddikim and bad things happen? Yeah, why? But but you focus on what you see in front of you, then it looks pretty bleak. But there was a there was a conversation between the one of the, the Russian officials and the Nitziv, and the Russian official said to Nitziv, "Why is it though that if you look at the Psalms, the, the King David's Tehillim, you look in it and it says many times that the." The nations of the world will will praise Hashem, praise God, because of amazing things that He does for the Jews. Why are the nations of the world the, world, the ones doing the praises? And says in the Tzivif as follows, the Tzivif said, because we don't really know all the plots that have been against us. We don't know what could have happened. We only see what happens. We only see the bad things, the, the plots that worked out. Do we really see all the the things that Hashem th- th- stopped? No, but the ones, the guy saw the miracle. We don't know what plans people have for us. We only see the bad things. We don't see HaKadosh Baruch Hu 
stopping the thoughts of men who seek to destroy us, we just see when unfortunately Hashem decides it's time for it to happen. So the, it's tremendous bracha that we could see if we open up our eyes, follow the mitzvot, and uh, we get bracha and we get And unfortunately, on the other hand, klala. You, you see the, you see, um, I don't know if, I can't really quote this study. I, so I checked it up before before the share started and I couldn't really find it, but it sounded like there has been an increase over the past 30 years in the happiness of America. So I think it has, the more you have, right? We have so much, you know, we there's so many people out there with, with so, you know, even the poorest person nowadays is richer and richer than the wealthiest person 100 years, uh, 200 years ago. The, the, the amenities that we have, the food that we have, the, the, you know, the, even the bathrooms, the, everything we have, the heat and, and cooling system, they, they never even thought that would exist 200 years ago. And um, the more we have, the more sad it would become. The question is why? If you don't have a meaning in your life, it's close. If you don't have a purpose, then why am I here? But if I have a purpose, if I have a... If I were a... If I had bracha, then you were A, then you see it. Unfortunately, the other way, the other side is true also. Okay, let's go on it. Further on in the parsha, we see in Pasuk, um, it's in Parakut Gimel, Pasuk Aleph. Torah says, Ace, Kola Hadover Asher Nochi Mitzav Escham Oso. All the, it's finished, Hamosh is finishing off his speech. One part of his, uh, his his speech that if all the mitzvahs, if you keep all the mitzvahs that I, I gave to you, to also Tishma, you be guarded last was to do velo lo sosef tosef o love velo sigrami menu. You shall not add to it and you shall not subtract to it. Now, what does that mean? As Rashi tells us, Rashi explains, don't go adding to the mitzvot. If the mitzvah, let me see where the Rashi is, the mitzvah is to um, put, is to take five minim by lulav, right? We take the hadasim, we take the aravot, we take the um, lulav, the esrog, if we take four, sorry, for the halachas, take four, you shouldn't take five. So what does that mean? Why would I take five? Why would I do that? <laughs> What's the point? Now, I think the answer is, is because sometimes we get so into our spirituality, we want to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we say, hey, I could do more. Right? The Torah says to dive in three times a day, I'm going to dive in 12 times a day. Now, it happens to be this, this it's not so crazy, you're allowed to pray to God, but it, the Torah says to take, you know, four Arba Minim, I'm going to take five, Chamish Minim. I'm going to add a nice fruit into there. Why? It looks nice, it's good. But by doing that, I think you're, you're saying to God, you know, what you said to do, you know, it's not good enough. <laughs> if there was something better, Hashem would have told you what it was. Don't, don't add to it. And don't take it away. Don't subtract to it because it's convenient. Don't say, hey, no, that's not really what's going on here. No, you know, it's not convenient for me. No. If you think about it, um, it's very powerful. Low so safe. Don't add. 
And Rashi is telling us, don't add, even if you add to a mitzvah, that you want to do it, you want to come close to that Kodesh Baruch Kodesh Baruch I want to be closer to you. I want to do more. No, but I didn't tell you to do more. I mean, there's some mitzvot that there's no, there's no end to, you know, Talmud, Torah, learn, 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 learn. But when there's a specific thing given, when the lulav is the perfect example, I think, don't add more. Don't add another parsha in your tefillin. Right? There's a certain amount of parshot. I think there are four. Don't add a fifth. Right? Don't do it. Right? There are four brachot by... Uh, there are three brachot by Birchus Kahanim. Don't add a fourth. <laughs> Why? It's so nice to add more. Don't add another one. But I want to serve HaKadosh Baruch. No, no. What Hashem does is perfect and don't add now, it's interesting, if you see in Parshish Bereshis, let's go all the way back, or fast forward to Parshish Bereshis, you'll see in, there's a very interesting conversation that goes on between the snake, the Nachash, and the Isha, which is Chava, and says the Torah that the Nachash asks, what is... Um, what's the what's the halacha about the pre eight sadan? Can you eat? So the isha said. The, the woman says back. The chava says no. Vatomer haisha elanachash pre eight sadan nochal. We can eat from all the pre eight sadan, all the gar, all the fruits in the garden. We can eat. Or pre eight sasher besoch hagan. Amar elokim and the the eight sadas that's in the middle of the Hashem said lo lo sochlu. He said we shouldn't eat from it. Lo sochlu and we shouldn't eat from it. And we shouldn't touch it. Now, I don't know about you, but a few pasukim before that, what does God tell Adam? God says, Lo sachlu, don't eat. Does he say, Lo sigu, don't touch? Let's, let's look. What does Hashem say to Adam? Wait, um, where is this? Um... Don't eat from it. Why? The day you eat from it, most of them you'll die. Where's Tegu? Where's Touch? Where did Chava get this from? Now Rashi explains, Rashi tells us a very interesting thing. Hosifa al she added her. Someone added, it was added on to the commandment. Before that, because it was added, because they added on to Hashem's laws of don't eat it, they added don't touch. That's why she was able to, to go against the Duda uh, Vera. The next Rashi says, What, how did that happen? what happened? The Nachash pushed her. Pushed Chava. And then she touched the tree. She pushed him. He, she, he pushed him. The simple meaning is that she, he just went and pushed Chava into the tree. And, he, and then he said, hey, Yeah, you didn't die. <laughs> you said you're going to, you know, you, you said if you touch it, you're going to die. You didn't die, so you can eat it. So maybe you heard wrong. I don't know. Maybe there's no, you know, you're not dying. You, you said you're not going to eat from it because you don't want to die. But you said you're not going to, if you touch, you're going to die. Are you dead? You're alive. You're here. So, the Sifzik Chachamim explains that who told Chava Lo Sigubo? Did she come up with that herself? She said that Adam, Adam did that. Adam said, 
not to touch it. He added on to it. He wanted to... What was... So... I want to ask... So we see that, obviously, the idea of low sauce, if you shouldn't add. Because if you add, then, you know, it's going to lead um, to maybe Chas Shalom breaking the original commandment. want to ask a question, though. What was Adam thinking? What was... Adam? Adam Arishon. What were you thinking? God didn't say not to touch it. But why did you tell Chava not to touch it? And I think this is the answer from Barsha's Re'eh. Because what happened was, Adam said, I want to serve Hashem better. He said not to eat. I'm going to also not even touch it. I'm caring so much for His commandments. I'm not even going to go next to it. I'm not going to touch it. And therefore, I'll keep myself away from it. But Hashem didn't say that. And unfortunately, that led to tremendous downfall. Um, I wanted to um, go into a little bit of a related topic that I think is extremely important. The Chazal tell us, the rabbis tell us, that there's a concept of tefasta miruba lo tefasta. That if you grab a lot, then you won't end up grabbing anything. And I think Rosh Chodesh Elul is coming to us. Rosh Chodesh. So I didn't begin saying Slichot, the whole Chodesh Elul. Ashkenazim, you know, we sleep a little bit more. We start the week before. But um, often we get inspired. We hear the speeches of Elul being Ani, Vidodi, Vidodi Li. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us, He cares about us, He wants us to do tshuva, and we're, we're inspired, we want to do better. Say, hey, it's my wake-up call, it's the last time before Rosh Hashanah. Right, it's about to be Rosh Hashanah, the Chazin is going to go and Davin, we're going to be there with Him. We're going to pray that HaKadosh Baruch Hu to give us a great year, to forgive us for our sins, to let us get closer to Him. So we say, okay, oh, I remember one year, I, I made promises I'm going to be better. But what happens? Sometimes we make, we make pledges or promises that are too hard or that we are not ready for. Now, obviously, someone who is do, going against the commandment of the Torah then should, should not do that, should not do that avera. But I'm talking about just being a better person or trying better or, or, or pushing ourselves more or learning more Torah. I say, oh, you know, I realize that I waste my time too much. So from now on, I will learn, well, I get up early in the morning at five o'clock and I'm going to learn for three hours before tefillah and then I'm going to learn for three hours before I go to sleep. What's going to end up happening is it might last for two days. But you're not going to go to zero and 60. You're not a car. You're not going to start zooming and stay there and, and not lose traction. You're, you're going to end up slowing down. My Rebbeim, through Yeshiva, I heard this many, many times from different, different, different rabbis. The way for success, especially in the month of Elul, is to go slow. Pick one thing. Pick a small thing. And do it perfect. And do it well. I, um, there's a man in my neighborhood, in my community, who is an amazing man. He's a Baal Tshuva in his older age. He came back on, his family, together with him, beautiful family. And he, he really pushes himself to learn Torah. 
And he made a, he actually made Siyama Shas a couple of days ago. He went he went a little faster than the Siyama Shas. He wanted to make one for his family, a, a Siyam. And he, uh, after last year when he was making a Siyama on the Mesechdot, I got very inspired. I said, oh, you know, I, here am I, a Rebbe. I teach in Yeshiva. I should I should also finish Mesechdot. So I'm going to do it. I picked the Mesechdot. I sat down. For one week, I did it very well. I said, I'm going to learn two blad a day on my free time and this and that. The only problem is I forgot to ask my wife. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, just because I'm sitting and learning doesn't mean I have to give up my, my whole day of other things that I need to do. And I have, I have responsibilities. And, and unfortunately, it, it went away. And I didn't do it. And I stopped. And I still learned. I have to prepare for my classes and stuff. And I still learn every day as much as I can. But that, that inspiration went away. I, I stopped learning. And I think it's because tifasta meruba lo tifasta. When you grab, when you try to do too much, you don't go slowly. You jump. You push your foot down on the pedal as hard as you can. You, you don't end up following through. Um, maybe some people do, obviously. But us normal folk, it's, uh, it's, it's normal to stop. So I think, I think the advice I got from Arabeim and the advice I'm going to give tonight is to do a little. You know, do a little. Try your best. Push a, put a little heart more time. I, I know someone said, I'm never going to speak Lashon Hara again. That's very hard. We're people. We're, you know, <laughs> obviously Lashon Hara is terrible. We shouldn't talk bad about anyone. But we're still people. We're human beings. And we're in a society where it's so normal to talk about other people. You know, I don't want to even talk about what happens in, you know, in the media. But it, everyone just badmouths everybody. To make themselves look better, to, to make themselves feel better. It's a normal thing for people to do. So, to say, I'm just going to stop cold turkey. When I've been doing it my entire life. Just because I heard a speech, oh, the Shinhara is terrible. I'm going to stop. It's, it's very hard to do. So do a little. Be more careful. Be a little, be, be as careful as you can. But start, you know, maybe start with learning one halacha of the Shinhara a day. One halacha of Chavetz Chaim. That'll keep your mind. One halacha a day. One a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Instead of, you know, right now I learn no Torah. Not me, but it's somebody who learns no Torah. I'm going to get up a few minutes early. 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I'll make a chavrusa. For 15 minutes, I'll listen to a shir. I'll, uh, you know, you know, I have free time in the car on the way to work. I'll listen. Half an hour. If you start slowly, the Yitzhahara can't say, hey, hey, it's too hard. You can't do it. And then he stops you. So I think that is a super important idea. You know, to fast and rule, to fast, if you grab too much, you're not going to be able to grab. If you, if you start just going after, you know, oh, this and that, I'm going to try this and I'm going to try this. It, it, unfortunately, you might, you might stop um, all of it. Um, I think that with Chodesh El, I'll repeat one more time, with Chodesh El coming up uh, very soon, a few days, um, we're going to be... Uh, for those who are starting Slichot, I think on Monday, right? Because Sunday is Rosh Chodesh. So those who are starting Slichot on Monday. Um, and for those who are starting a little bit later, Ashkaz, Minhag, um, we're, we're going we're gonna to start getting inspired. But let's make sure that we're, we're obviously get inspired. Get inspired. You know, do tshuva. Get yourself close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But don't start taking on, you know, when I was a kid, I was very... Uh, I used to think I could eat a lot. (laughs) 
Now, this got me into trouble. Because when I was 11, I think 11, I claimed that I could eat more hot dogs than anyone else in my bunk. (laughs) And I remember sitting there when I was 11 years old. I don't know how many. I think I ate like eight hot dogs. And I had a stomach ache for a week. You know, and then again, I was like 15, I think I ate like 12. And then, you know, when I was also 15, I think I ate like 12, 12 slices of pizza. You know, when you bite off more than you could chew, you know, I'm done with those days. But uh, you bite off more than you could chew. You take small bites. You know, you don't feed a baby. Uh, just, a, just an example, when, you, when my baby is starting to eat, you give him small pieces. My wife cut up the vegetables very small. Even if it's a fifth kid, we're not. You know, we gave him a whole, whole, uh, whole. Um, I forgot what it was. Some he was chewing on it a little bit, but you give him small bites so he won't choke. And then he gets stronger and better and better. So start slow, and eventually, I, I if you start slow and you go slow and you keep obviously with with eye on the prize, you got to know what you want to reach. And then you'll end up getting to where you want to go. With that, thank you for listening. Have a wonderful night and Shabbat, a good Shabbos. Thank you again.